come to you recognizing that from your hands all good things come. We come to you recognizing that we are in your debt. You love us. You gave yourself for us. You accompany us, not only through the good times, but even through those remarkable challenges we would never believe we could get through until we have to, and we find you at our side. And so, Lord, for all of your gifts, we thank you, and we pray that you would use our gifts to glorify the name of Jesus Christ in this place and in every place where our influence is felt, our voice is heard. Praise you, Father, for all good gifts. In the name of Jesus, amen. I invite you to stand for our scripture today from John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. This is after the resurrection. This is a Sunday morning after time has passed, and here we are again on a Sunday with Jesus on the loose. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and unless I put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them, and although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord, use your servant's lips and your people's ears and hearts that they may be wed, that the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. Jesus is on the loose, not only on Easter, but for 40 days he comes and he goes among his disciples and they see him and encounter him, not in ways that can be predicted, but in unusual, unexpected ways, even when the disciples have locked themselves away. If you've ever been afraid... You're home alone at night and you hear something in the bushes. And there's a part of you that knows. There's a 90% chance it's a possum, a raccoon, or an errant pet. A bulldog, perhaps, that has come from out of nowhere. But there's also the question, what if it's something else? And so casually you walk around the house and you check the locks just to make sure, and then you casually wander through the kitchen, go to your back door and make sure it's locked, move some kitchen chairs around, put put the back of one of them underneath the handle so that nobody can open the door. You're afraid. The disciples were certainly afraid. Here they are in a locked room meeting behind locked doors because they don't want anyone who could cause trouble to come in. Now, notice here that this happens on the first day of the week. The Jewish Sabbath, Saturday, the seventh day, is in Christian observation, moved. Not from the seventh day of the week, the Sabbath, but to the first day of the week, commemorating the resurrection of Jesus. And already in John, we see that in in the immediate aftermath of the resurrection, they're meeting together behind locked doors, gathering on Sunday, the first day of the week. Now, they're afraid, they're withdrawn, they're confused, they're in a locked room, but they are gathered, and remember that Jesus tells us that wherever people gather in his name, that he is there among them, and so this promise is is absolutely fulfilled on the first day of the week when we see Jesus visiting those disciples who are anxious and afraid. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. And Jesus comes and he says to them, Peace be with you. Now, this initial appearance of Jesus did three things. First of all, it shows the disciples who were gathered together that Jesus comes in peace. Now, if you ever thought about it, that's not an obvious deduction from Holy Week and Easter that Jesus would come in peace. Remember the Old Testament story of Joseph 
So Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery in Egypt after he's had this dream where there are 12 sheaves of grain and 11 of them bow down to Joseph's sheaf. He has another dream in which uh, 11 stars and the sun and the moon bow down to, to his star and yet he is sold into slavery in Egypt. He is falsely accused of rape here at the end of the book of Genesis. He winds up being forgotten in prison. And then remember when his brothers encounter him, they're scared to death. We sold him out. He's lost all of his adult life because of us. Will he destroy us? God came into the world as Jesus of Nazareth and we crucified him. If he were to come today, we would probably find some way to, to cancel him, to, to crucify him. And the question of if he, is, if he is killed and buried and comes back to life again, not only regular life, but glorified life, not only the life that he had he had lived before, but this, this life in which he is glorified and ready to in, live in the presence of God, does he come in peace? Or does he come for vengeance, retribution? Does he come for payback? Three times in this reading that we had this morning, peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you, Jesus comes to the world as the risen Lord in peace. So the first thing that this tells us is that Jesus comes in peace. The risen Lord comes not to get the world back, but to save the world and continue to offer himself to the, war, to the world. The second thing that this shows us is the crucified Jesus is the same risen Jesus whom the disciples encounter. It's not God in another form. It's not simply an apparition. It is the body in the tomb that has now come back to glorious life. I read an article last Sunday on Easter. It was the sorriest theological article I have ever encountered. It was from a minister, a clergy who said, you, you don't need to believe in the resurrection and all that hocus-pocus. You just believe that when empire has killed the person who speaks the word of God, empire doesn't get the final word. And Jesus' disciples recognized this and began a movement. Hogwash. Jesus was dead, was placed in a tomb. The women came and the stone was rolled away and Jesus, who had been dead, says to Mary, Mary, she says, my teacher, 
He shows himself to his disciples who don't think to themselves, oh, there's a ghost visiting. They think to themselves, the risen Christ is among us. And here he says, look at my hands. See my side. I'm the one. I died and I am alive again. And behold, I hold the keys of death and hell. And because I live, you shall live also. The risen Lord comes in peace. The crucified Jesus is the same risen Jesus that the disciples encounter. He shows them. Hands, side, and they rejoice. And then this risen Lord sends the disciples into the world bearing the message of forgiveness. As he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I won't go far with this, but just notice that creation and the new creation share in various aspects. John begins his gospel in the same way the Bible begins. Genesis starts out, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John starts his gospel, in the beginning was the word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. John says that what happens in Jesus is that a new creation enters into this creation. That the new becomes a part of the old. And just as in Genesis, God breathes the breath of life into Adam. In John, Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit upon his disciples and says to them, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. As Jesus' people, we go into the world with the forgiving, pardoning nature of Christ And just as the Father has sent him, he sends us. So, first of all, Jesus shows us what it means that he has returned. And the second thing that is really interesting to me is that Jesus is patient with Thomas. Now, there are some of us who believe very easily, very naturally, faith comes as a gift to us. But then there are others of us who are like Thomas who say, if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. I'm not going to believe a complex reality until I see it for myself. And so Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the disciples is not with them when Jesus came. But when the other disciples testify to him, we have seen the Lord, he says, unless I see and put my finger in the marks, I will not believe. A week later, again, Sunday, the new creation, 
the breath of life entering God's people to give not just natural but supernatural life. Thomas called the twin who was not with them when Jesus came. Nonetheless says, I won't believe. Thomas was with them the next week. And once again, although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, knowing what Thomas had said the week prior, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answers him, My Lord and my God. C.S. Lewis reminds us that this idea that Jesus is just a good teacher is not an idea that Jesus has left open to us. Jesus is either who he says he is, or he is mistaken, a lunatic, or in fact, he is the devil of hell. But C.S. Lewis says, or he is precisely whom he says he is, he is the Lord, he is God, he is fully human yet fully divine. The people in the Bible didn't become stained glass images without this kind of struggle. There's anxiety, there's fear as the men gathered behind locked doors. And then one of the associates of Jesus, the close associate of Jesus, doesn't believe the testimony of the others. But Jesus comes yet again. And listen... He says these words, peace be with you. And John knows that generations are going to come after the early disciples who encountered Jesus. John knows that as difficult as it was for Thomas to believe, it's even more difficult for someone like you or, or for me to believe. And so John sets out and reminds us that we come to faith in a hundred different ways. But every one of those paths are paths that the Spirit guides us on. And it's difficult for any modern scientific person to read the Gospels and the book of Acts and to see the miraculous and that world seems so different from our own. And yet we're called to faith. We're called to a faith in a God who knows the number of hairs on your head and who knows when a sparrow falls from the sky. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so if you and I are honestly seeking, look at what the Gospels say to us. Matthew reminds us that Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, 
the door will be opened. Faith may come easily for you. If so, God bless you. He has given you that gift of faith, which is a precious, precious gift. Some of us require a little more arm-twisting, require a little more intellectual debate. But hear me. If you earnestly, genuinely, wholeheartedly seek God, you will find. Because this risen Lord who is on the loose in the world wants to be known. This risen Lord who has saved all of creation, wants to bring all of his sheep in. And whenever there is one single lost sheep that goes out, he goes after that sheep. Jesus intends to reveal himself to the world. I love this this verse where, where Jesus talks to Thomas and he says, have you believed because you've seen me? And this is one of those places where the Bible talks about you and me. Now, there are a lot of places in, in the Bible that people, you know, they, they want to see in, in some of the images of, of Revelation Apache helicopters. I, I don't think there are Apache helicopters in, in Revelation. I'm, I'm not sure it's that, that clear cut. But here is definitely a verse that speaks to us and our time. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet by the Spirit of God, by the risen Christ, by asking and seeking and knocking, we have come to believe. John knows why he's writing. He's one of those authors who has been to, to English class or Greek class, Koine class, and he like writes his thesis sentence and tells us exactly why he has done what he has done. And he reports Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book. But listen, this book of John is written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. And he almost comes to an end at the end of chapter 20, but it's like John can't stop writing about Jesus. And he, he writes a, another chapter, and he says pretty much the same thing at the end of chapter 21. This is the disciple, John, the one who is writing these words, who is testifying to these things and has written them, and we know that his testimony is true. But there are also many things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Maybe you're like those initial disciples who saw and who believed. Maybe you're like Thomas who says, well, I'm going to have to experience some things in life before I actually become a real believer. And, and we're all in that category of those who have not seen and yet believed, but we have this gift. This gift of the gospel. This gift of John that he says to us, I have produced this 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I have produced this so that you may believe. Dear friends, get into the Gospels. If you haven't studied Scripture in a long, long time, open up the Gospel to the book of John. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Jesus has risen. He is on the loose and his spirit is among us. And he's calling us to faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.